Hello, everyone, and we are so happy to be here with you this evening. God bless you so much for tuning in with your ears. I want to thank my wife, Janet Lee, for playing on the organ as she does. She is masterful. I just love her touch. And, uh, you know, we've been uh, 49 years now married, and um, it's been a wonderful marriage, and I thank God for that. And I just thank God for everything that is set out for the time that is ahead of us. And I want to tell you how much that I appreciate um, <clears throat> you people that uh, participate uh, with your um, your email letters to me, uh, w with your participation in the blog to make your comments, and those that also have helped financially. God bless you so much. So tonight, the message... The mystery of the time. I'm Jerry Lee, standing in for the manifester. So, the mystery of the time is a mystery. And believe me, that even in this day and age, that if you would try to define what time is, you would see that, um, that the dictionaries and, and the philosophers and the churchmen and the people in the scientific uh, realms have difficulty really trying to to explain what time is. Perhaps it's because time is not just one thing. Perhaps it's because time happens to be many things, and there are many different functions of it and many different connections to it, many different links to it. Time is profound time. And understanding time, you have to understand a mystery. You have to break the code. You have to, you have to be able to untie the tanglement. Well, if you want to turn with me tonight to the book of Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. Here's a chapter that has all kinds of things about time in it. And we want to talk about it, read through it. I have a lot to share with you tonight. This uh, teaching <clears throat> will not uh, be finished in one session. I imagine it will be a series. And, uh, but we will, we will just take it from word to word, from uh, message to message, from revelation to revelation, as the God of, the, of our Father in Heaven leads. Before I get into this actual word from the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, I want to say something about Jesus Christ. Just to make it clear for any of you people, in case by some preventure or presumptuousness of your thought that you have ever contrived in your mind that Jesus Christ is just another color uh, of thought, another color of uh, religion expression uh, that I uh, belong to. Uh, I want you to know that that would be emphatically and definitely incorrect. Jesus Christ is, is my first love. And Jesus Christ appeared to me three times in my life and in my ministry. And I love the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am so wrapped up in my faith 
in Jesus. There, there has never been in all of the history of other uh, great men that have lived and other great religions, there has never been anyone like Jesus Christ. Oh, I know that in mythology they duplicate, you know, some of the miracles and the things like that. But, you know, uh, I understand why all of that is. Because the the prophecy and the reasons of all the things that Christ is to be have been written in the stars and written in earth and written in the sound waves uh, of the air uh, for on and on and on forever of time. And and sure, some people pick those things up and some people make declarations of them and some people have examples they use of them. But I want to tell you this, that Jesus Christ is so sweet and so blessed. I don't know why that he appeared to me three times. I don't think it was because I was greater than anybody else. I don't think it was because I was better than anybody else. Perhaps it was because I needed more compassion than other people did. I needed more attention than some other people did. Uh, I, I don't in any way count myself uh, more worthy than anybody. And I thank God most deeply, most humbly uh, to, to be a believer and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and the revelations that he has given me. And I just wanted to share that with you tonight because without Jesus Christ in my life, that I would not have a life. And without Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit leading and guiding me, I would be truly lost. God bless you so much for listening to those few words that come from the very depth of my heart. Now, the mystery of the time, chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the sun, or under the heaven. Another terminology does frequently use under the sun, and the heaven that it's talking about is not the heaven of heavens, but it's talking about the physical heaven uh, of earth. So that's quite a statement. To everything, there is not anything that there is not a season and a time for. And as we really come into the understanding of that, that is a powerful exclamation of understanding. When we begin to, in the applicable sense, know that everything has a certain kind of relevance, whether it is a positive thing or a negative thing. It still has a place of relevance that we have to understand. It is still somehow incorporated into the actions of the world of, the, of what is going on, what is happening. So that things that are happening, whether negative, whether positive, they are all uh, taking uh, time uh, to go through their process. Now, uh, the uh, you know the the very uh, idea of the term process is uh, is an old term uh, from the Bible. Uh, in Genesis four three, it says in the process of time, so that we understand that time isn't just an instant blink of on and off. Time is a process. Uh, it, it has factor to it. It has fraction to it. It has wholeness to it. Uh, it has seasons to it, which are divided up 
uh, as seasons would be. Like in our seasons of Earth, we basically consider, uh, you know, four seasons. There may be some places on Earth that they, they get, only get three seasons. But four seasons is what generally is considered right, even if you had a, only had a day of one of those, uh, those seasons. And, and so, uh, there has to be a meaning in that. We want to understand uh, the the uh, profoundness of time. Uh, we need to understand scriptures like this and and what the totality of their meaning is is uh, applying to. Uh, to everything, there is a season. Well. Um, the Bible says be instant in season and out of season. There are some times that that is the case. That doesn't mean that that is for every uh, case and for everything. Because generally, uh, when we look at it from how that it is set up in its general stations of events, uh, there are seasons. So the Lord says, ask of me rain in the time of the latter rain. And that makes it clear to us that you don't just every moment of the day, uh, every second of the day, every uh, few hours of the day, uh, you know, do your prayer for this spiritual kind of rain. But because there is a season, there are things that go along uh, with uh, uh, being prepared before the rain comes. Uh, one scripture in the Old Testament talks about there's going to be a, a, a flood. There's going to be a great amount of water coming this way. Uh, go out, therefore, and make this valley full of ditches. Uh, prepare so that the rain just, just uh, doesn't become a runoff. Prepare so that there are holding reservoirs for the water. Uh, this is true spiritually in your own life. Uh, so many times... You know, people become uh, windpipes, and 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 it's their life, their their vessel is just like a, a a pipe that wind is blowing through it, and it doesn't stay, it doesn't hang in, it doesn't catch on, and God is dealing with people that sometimes there is an order, an order that has to happen uh, before you start getting concerned about how much glorification you have, how much perfection you have how much knowledge you have, how much revelation you are provided with, that there is a preparation of you as an individual that is absolutely essential and important so that when this knowledge does come, it will have root. Because if you get this knowledge and you don't ha have root, and then some kind of negative uh, uh, forces dark opens up, then the Bible gives a script, uh, scriptural examples through G the teaching of Jesus Jesus, how that the seeds planted that took root, uh, uh, but didn't have enough root, uh, because they were in a rocky place and, and so their, their roots were very shallow. They dried up and, 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 and the whole plant withered. The whole plant was lost because of them not having the root to be grounded. Uh, in the things uh, that they needed for survival and that they needed for belief and that they needed uh, for, for the understanding uh, that was relevant to their lives and to their loved ones. So <clears throat> to everything, there is a season. That, that eliminates anybody from saying to me, well, you know, that doesn't apply to me. Then are you trying to tell me that you're not a thing? So if you're not a thing, what are you? Just a, a push of air? Uh, you know, uh, 
uh, a, you know, uh, the uh, sound of a firecracker, uh, exactly what are you? I think that you'll have to understand that you are a thing. And, and a human being, an immortal, they are a thing. And... Um, and we may not like to address it that way, but uh, it is a fact, and, and you're part of everything. And as being part of everything, then you are obligated to this understanding that there is a season and a time. And not only a season and a time, but there is a purpose why there is a season and a time. And this is true, not in a, uh, a special locate, uh, lo lo location. Uh, this is true under the heaven. This, in, this incorporates globally everything, every person that is upon the face of the earth. They are treated this same way. They are affected this same way. And so, therefore, we have to understand the meaning then, you know, that as we get into uh, studying uh, the Word of God, uh, that there, is, there are preparations for that preparations that that people need to have in the way of understanding i think that one of the greatest downfalls that happens in people that are wanting to overcome is the people that get in a hurry for it maybe they've gone you know years and years and years of their life and then all of a sudden you know uh, they decide that they want to get into this overcoming or maybe they have actually followed the desire for a great deal of many years but yet it has always of course been divided <clears throat> excuse me because people do have obligations and and that is all good and fine because jesus said occupy till i come and and so people understand you they've got to have an occupation they have to have a living they have to take care of their families that's all of god uh, don't try to go out there and and you know uh be one of these uh uh you know love children of the 70s uh that that they didn't feel like they had to work because you know uh uh the, the flowers don't work uh the lilies of the valley don't work they just uh, you know spin on their own and they're just beautiful as they are and god doesn't have to worry about taking care of them well yes because he's already taken care of them in the soil and, and and the rain that falls from the heavens and the oxygen and the sun so uh, uh you know we have to get we have to get wise you know you, you don't have the capability you know to um to change the sun and and the the, uh, the carbon dioxide and and, and the various uh types of element effects uh, as do the flowers so you're not really a flower in the sense of uh, of a botanical plant uh, you may be a flower in a different sense but don't try to make yourself a flower that you are not and and now as we understand that then don't try to apply something to to your own life that is for a sparrow uh, there are attributes of the sparrow uh, that could be uh, cute to apply to yourself in a metaphoric way, but don't try to uh, think that you know that you know your spirit is in a sparrow or the spirit sparrow is in you, and uh, and or you're an eagle or you're not an eagle. Uh, just understand those things are metaphorical and they do have advantages to understand them in that metaphorical sense. And they do have application in that sense. Now, there is a season and a time for ev you know for everything, because for everything there is a purpose. It's not here because it's a mistake. 
It's not here because it's some uh, ev evolutionary ooze that just came out uh, be be because of the throw of dice, and 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 you know everybody has to uh, to bear with it because uh, that ooze is is a result of some kind of of evolution. Uh, you know that that just isn't the way that the Bible teaches it, and and I for one believe the Bible. Uh, I, I'm not putting down evolution. I'm just given an interpretation here, uh, you know, that that uh, don't get caught away with with anything that in any way will take uh, or subtract from the things that are uh, of the Word of God. <clears throat> the Word of God is always going to come through in the end. In the end, it's always going to resolve and, and resolute uh, to 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 be incorrect uh, as long as it's been interpreted correctly. <clears throat> So praise God, and I just thank God for that word. Okay, so there's a purpose for everything. There's a purpose why you were born in the body you were born in. There's a purpose that the things that have happened to you have happened. There's a reason, is another word to say, that they have happened. There's a reason you may have difficulty remembering things, or are feeling that you're intelligent or smart enough to figure out uh, certain circumstantial things that 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 uh, occur, or certain problems uh, that are problematical that need to be figured out, and you just can't seem to get through the puzzle of it. There are reasons for all of that. It doesn't mean that you have to say, I've got to live with it, I've got to eat this, because, you know, that's that's my uh, my my destiny, or, or that's uh, some kind of, uh, of, of, of uh, vintage that I have uh, received uh, from the religion that I'm into. Um, there is a you know, to everything, a season and a time, and, a, and there's a purpose for everything under heaven. You are important. There's a purpose for you, especially as you get, you know, up from the, uh, up from the, the soil life, the bacterial life, the virus life, uh, you know, the plant life, and you start uh, becoming what you are, a human being, especially if you're a human being uh, who is one of those, and, and uh, there are no others, uh, but but one of those that acknowledge uh, who they are as fallen angels and that they are formerly uh, angels of the Ophanim order. Uh, you are in a purpose for life. Uh, and you are singled out uh, to this extent uh, from other people that have not ar arrived at, at, at that uh, uh, ford to cross. Okay, now, <clears throat> after that entitlement of that first verse, we go on and we could suppose that a lot of these next and following statements are sort of explanations of that first verse that I've been uh, rattling off about. Uh, number two, verse two, a time to be born. Being born when you're a human being is for a purpose and for a time. There was a time for you to be born, you with your name and, and, and your uh, genetic DNA brand upon it. There was a time for you to be born. 
And there's a reason and a purpose. I don't be so sad. And, 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 and so uh, much of a lost edition of truth. If you somehow would fail to understand that there is a divine purpose for your reality. And you were born, and, and no matter what your age is, you know, if, you, if you're young, if you're medium-aged, if you're old, you were born when you were born, and, and that was your time to be born. And, and, you know, we could say there could be exceptions to that, but, but we're not going to deal with that right now. We're going to deal with just, uh, you know, the, uh, the surface facts here and put it together in, in this analogy so that uh, it can be a blessing to you. So there's a time to be born and there's a time to die, you know. Now, someone says, well, you know, I thought we didn't have to die. I thought we could have eternal life. Well, you can't really use terms like that, you know, um, like born and die without understanding all their applications. You know, the Bible talks about the church of the firstborn. The Bible talks about being born again. Then there's physical birth. So what is the scripture referring to? A time to be born of God? It could be that. And that would make it quite a different census. A time to be born. And being born and dying, uh, to me, are not uh, quite equivalent, even in the opposite contrary mode. Uh, there, there, there seems to be to me a, 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 a difference there that is quite um, interesting. Um, <clears throat> and, and do people really know what dying is? You know, do they really know what dying is? Uh, what is really death? Is death of uh, being vanquished? Uh, is death being, um, um, you know, uh, brought to a point of non-existence? Or is death a transition? Is death um, like, um, you know, in two parts? There's a part that is physical, which is the plant, and, and it, it goes back to the dust. And if that's what you're referring to as dying, uh, then you're only talking about the temple, the body, the house. And you're not really talking about the you, who you are. You're just talking about the house, and that would be like living in a house and the house burning down, and you and you saying that I died, you know. But but just because the house burned down doesn't mean that you died. Just because your physical body comes to an end doesn't mean that you have died, because the Bible says your your spirit returns to God who gave it. Your spirit it has identity. It ha it ha it has a, a a reality of being, and so that that is really really quite beautiful. So there's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. There's other applications that we can apply for that. You know, we we consider we could consider you know birthing uh, of of a process, uh, like like the the um, uh, the birth in the mother's womb, the fetus. And, and the time of the development of that fetus, and then the the birthing uh, down uh, the the channel of uh, of the mother's uh, uh, womb uh, into the birthland of uh, of separate reality, 
we can think in terms of that kind of being born. And as I said, the spiritual kinds of birth. Uh, we can also think, uh, you know, of the uh, thing about about the dying. Uh, there is, if we're talking in the spiritual birth, then uh, there is this thing that is so important, uh, and this comes up all through these scriptures, uh, which would accord to uh, to displacement. You know, uh, John understood that. Uh, John, in the you know, uh, who Jesus went out to visit, uh, who was baptizing, he said, "I must decrease; he must increase." Now, that doesn't mean that John had to die, but it meant that his understanding and his his taking on of 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 the life of Christ and and the trans uh, you know um uh, figuration of Christ and the transimbument of Christ uh the trans assimilation of Christ that all those things had to do with their those things not being able to happen unless there is a displacement take uh, you know occur so the displacement means that there's something in you that fills the space fills the vacuum uh, that has to change for this other kind of lattice to come in for this other kind of thinking to come in for this other kind of newness to come in and this other kind of birth to come in there's changes that have to happen so uh, uh you not only need the positive event, but you need the negative event in order for the full positive event to be able to come in. And you need the negative events in the sense of recognizing those negative aspects and then in putting them into displacement and eliminating them. And then as you do that, you are able to take in more and more of the birth experience, more and more of the trans-assimilation experience, and and now you have given a real true accent and punctuation to the birth and to the experience and to the season and to the purpose and to to the reasons. And and unless you do that, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you can't just hang on to every single thing that you have and every single thing that you hope to have and then add plus 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 spirituality to it it doesn't really work that way you know one thing comes the other thing goes one thing goes the other thing comes that is the sequences uh, of what happens in life and that is so real for it to happen that way so there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a, there's a time for you to come into the truth of God. There's a time for you to come into the truth. Now, when would that be? Well, you have to first have an awareness that the truth is there and have a, a consciousness of it and have a desire and will for it. That has to happen first. When you come into those um, places of growth, then you can prepare your dying. You know, the, 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 the dying, which is the displacement of things in your life that could block those other experiences from having the freeway in your life that they need. And that's what you work on. And so this is a process of, uh, and a preparation. And, and that's what the seasons are about. And, and that's what all these 
you know, uh, revelations are about. So the time to be born and the time to die is actually equal to a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted. But now let's look at this in a beautiful way. Because when you do put it in the terms of a plant, it does expand and extend it. Because you think in terms, let's say that you plant corn. You plant corn. Or let's say you plant potatoes. And and you plant the potatoes, and then the potatoes become ripe. And then you have to pluck them up from the ground. You take them up from the ground, and, and because there's a time to plant, and there's a time to pluck up that which was planted. And Jesus said, you know, except the grain uh, fall to the ground and die, uh, well then, you know, it's basically it's an unfinished uh, uh, experience because that must happen first before the seed can 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 be planted and new life can come up so so there are these requirements that the bible teaches on our part that has to happen in overcoming so that we are able to be able to come into the mystery of the time because the mystery of the time has a lot to do with the unfolding as we follow through on the examples that are uh, have to be initiated through our will and through our desires and then through our uh, actions so um these are these are beautiful beautiful things um verse 3 a time to kill you know um I used to sometimes say to people uh, when they say, well, when is the time to kill? And I say, well, the time to kill is never. Uh, but that was just sort of a quick, cute answer that I would give. Uh, but there are, are a lot of applications uh, that that are, are there uh, that we have to look at. Uh, there, are, there are circumstances in which, you know, uh, the word kill has a reality. Uh, if there is a, a venomous snake that is uh, uh, has gotten into the house and uh, and the family is in danger, uh, then uh, you know you may not be able to get that snake and carry it out to a desert place somewhere. It may have to be killed uh, just for the safety of the of the family. So there could be times when there, when you do there there is a reason to kill. Um, there was a lot of killing that was done in the Old Testament, uh, and a lot of that seemed to be ordered by God. But uh, I can tell you and assure you that most of it was not ordered by God, even though these men of God uh, claimed that that was the case, because they were representing God. You see, and and when these people who were pagans themselves were representing God, they were representing God uh, according to the uh, the ordinances uh, of stature that in their mind uh, was justified. And in those days, pagans were justified to be able to do a lot of things. You know, I've heard people talk about Genghis Khan and how that uh, he would uh, he sowed such fear. Uh, into the cities that he conquered because he would go out and conquer these cities uh, 
and wipe out every living thing, every little child, every every living thing that there was. He would wipe them out, and and uh, and people just say, you know, that man was a demon. He was a devil. Oh, I've heard horrible things said about him, uh, but a lot of people didn't know the other side of the coin about him. Those are mostly they say his enemies that made those kind of charges. I don't think it's a question that there were cities that he did that to. Uh, but, but then when I look in the Bible and I see some of the, the cities that, uh, Moses and Joshua confronted and how, uh, they claim that God told them, uh, to wipe out every living thing, to not, to not save any animals alive, to not save any children alive, not save any women, any families alive, to kill every single solitary living thing. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's what they did. I don't believe that God ever gave an order like that, but I believe that they believed that God did because they were representing God as they best understood uh, what was the plan of God. But the plan of God was never for Moses to go forward with his armies and, and kill in the way that he did. Uh, you know, he just had received before he marched out there, uh, the, the commandment thou shalt not kill. And then within not too long, of a time they were out there killing uh, killing like uh, like crazy <laughs> you know uh, so uh, and I'm sure that you can always justify anything well if God tells you to do it then it's okay well uh, you just have to be sure you understand uh, that God has told you to do it um, and and you have to understand the extent of of uh, how God has told you to do it and and uh, how that uh, this whole revelation of people uh, rev- you know people representing god um preachers prophets uh you know be a rep- god is represented uh <clears throat> as being different from uh, god uh being represented later <clears throat> excuse me when the Bible talked about a more sure word of prophecy, meaning there were prophecies that were given, but they weren't that sure. And, and, and the scripture going on and, and saying things that, like Jesus said, uh, when Jesus would say, well, Moses said to do this or to do that, but I say, and so that Jesus made it very clear that, that Moses, being a man of God, uh, in the days in which he lived, raised up in the courts of Egypt, uh, put at the head of, uh, of, uh, soldiery, and had gone out, uh, gone up in, in, into, uh, the upper parts, uh, uh, beyond Egypt, and had warred and been quite involved in, you know, killing masses of people. Uh, the thing of it is, is that that was what he was bred. That was his life. That was his understanding that he was raised up in in the Egyptian courts. <clears throat> now, there was a time and a chance for everything. And he was able to survive and able to become, you know, almost like a second in command to the Pharaoh. Uh, but uh, he chose not to continue with that. Uh, but he didn't just drop off all his his habits and his his instructions. Now we know that the scripture says that God spoke to, to, um, uh, Moses and he said, you know, if the people will obey me, if they will follow my commandments, keep my covenant, then I will go before them. I will send an angel before them to clear the way. And I will even send hornets before them, uh, to, to chase the people out of the cities. 
And, and that was the, the, the original perfect plan that God revealed in the Word of God uh, for being able to um, to uh, uh, clear the land so that they could just move in and take over the buildings. And uh, But, you know, they didn't really like that plan. Uh, they, they wanted to be active. They wanted to be soldiers. You know, they wanted to, to, to be uh, violent. And they wanted to be able to go in there and uh, sweep up, uh, you know, the 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 the, uh, the bounty, and uh, and don't and believe me, uh, there were a few places in which they didn't keep anything, but there were more places that they kept a lot of things, including women, uh, that they thought were beautiful and virgins, and so uh, uh, don't uh, get carried away with one or two examples. Uh, you have to collectively look at the whole Bible and all the scriptures in order to have a profound reality at a profound time. And and that is just a fact and just the way that it is. When we understand this, it makes the whole Bible make sense. It makes the whole Bible come together. It doesn't make God uh, a cruel God in the Old Testament and a loving God in the New Testament. It explains, you know, the evolving and the lanolution of humankind and, and how the, you know, they, they were just very beastly. The Bible says, in the, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, I pray that God would manifest humans so that they would see that they themselves are beast and, and that's what the scriptures taught that 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 humans were beast and they were acting like beast and they had a nature of being vicious and a nature of being predators and they did those very things and if you don't believe that then you don't even believe what's going on in the circles of human life in the cities in which you you live now or have lived because there's vicious predatorial type of things happening uh, people upon people all the time and there's all kinds of other kind of underground, uh, you know, subversion that is going on by uh, secret uh, forces uh, of governments. And, uh, uh, you know, believe me, there there's plenty of those kind of things going on. Uh, so let's go on with this third verse. There's a time to kill and there's a time to heal. Uh, I, I think that, you know, this is very much like the book of of the last chapter, the 22nd chapter of Revelations, in which it says, you know, that <clears throat> that if anybody um, uh, does not keep uh, the prophecy of of that of that book, if if they try to add uh, to uh, the the prophecy of that book something that was never put in there, never intended to be in there, uh, that that uh, then God uh, would add to that person the plagues that are that are in that book. Uh, but but uh, if you if you really see the other part of that in the twenty second chapter of Revelation, uh, what it really says there is extremely interesting because it says. Um, you know, in the 22nd chapter, 18th verse, I testify every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Now, I want to show you something in this, and I want you to hear this with your heart, and I want you to see the difference between these two particular kind of sins. The sin of adding something that that was not part of the of this revelation, and then 
the punishment for that is to be subjected to the plagues. But the person who says that 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 if if um, a man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. So it is obviously a much more intense, a much greater, greater peril and sin uh, uh, for for people that take away from uh, the, the, the book, uh, that is a greater sin than the people that add to the book. Now, I want to make sure you get this because this is profound in our teaching that I'm doing here tonight in this thing with the mystery of time. You know, it's one thing to add and, and, and you know, that is not pleasing to God and it can put, put a person into um, a, a pretty uh, dangerous demarcation, uh, you know, where you are subjected to all kinds of, uh, of plagues and things that come upon the world because you move yourself out of the grace of God. Uh, but, but the other thing, you know, is even a greater sin that if you, if you, uh, <clears throat> you, uh, take away from the words of the book of the prophecy, then you lose your, you lose your, your, your part in the, in the, the kingdom of eternal life. <laughs> you lose your soul. That's what that is saying. Now, what I believe is one of the greatest dangers that is happening on the face of the earth among the religious uh, people of, of this book is that those who are practicing pastors and teachers and theologians, that they ignorantly and sometimes purposely are actually committing the second worst sin because they do not understand that this book cannot be translated from, from uh, Greek to English without adding uh, the, the the grammar that has to be added for the for the, for the the transition to even make sense, because uh, in the uh, uh, in the uh, vocabulary or let us say the alphabet of the of the Greek as compared to the alphabet of the uh, English, uh, all the same letters are not there. So there has to be uh, various kinds of punctuation added and various kinds of nouns pronouns uh you know uh other kinds of um of, of verbs added in order to make the transition so that when you read the bible uh it is uh close to saying what it was saying in the original greek and 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 believe me if you don't think that's the case when you're reading that in the book of revelation you know very little about about translations and about fact on that subject. And I don't say that to put you down, but you might as well know that because I'm a teacher and I'm here to tell you that and that's the fact. And 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 uh so so uh now uh those kind of things have you know already happened if you you were going to interpret this in the way that a lot of people try to interpret it. But th that is not the case. That is not what this is about because that we're talking about and making a point of right now. What I want to make a point of is that there are the people that the Bible says that they can lose their soul if 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 they shall take away from the prophecy. Now, how can you take away? Well, you know, when the Spirit of God comes on someone and they begin to interpret uh, the Word, 
And God, through a, through a man of God, maybe a person that is only uh, one of a kind that would appear in a thousand years, and that person begins to preach the interpretation of the word and begins to be profound with the interpretation of the word of revelations, and people say, oh, no, that's not of God, that's false, that's of the devil, and they begin to take away that interpretation, which belongs to the interpretation of that word, then they are fulfilling that horrible thing of taking away from the word of God. Because prophecy doesn't is not worth anything if it can't be interpreted. Just like in the, the giving of the scriptures, the Bible talks about that, that if there's someone comes to the church and they speak in tongues or they've got a profound revelation, you know, and if there's no one there to interpret, you're better to keep silent. Don't say nothing. You know, keep your mouth shut because I'll tell you, uh, that is the teaching and the word of God. Uh, when the spirit comes and begins to uh, fulfill and to bring out these incredible revelations, then the reason for that and the purpose for that is because God is moving by his spirit in the, the, the gift and it is the time. It is the time and the, the time has come and God is showing the people that they are to 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 receive this word and be very 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 careful about what you say you know uh, th that's taken away from the word that's not the word be very careful when you re in fact really do not know and you are just listening to what someone else has said or you are just uh, you know uh, doing a a, a, a presumptuous uh, thing be very careful you're dealing on very dangerous ground and and, and so uh, I I just wanted to point that out and. And if we go back now to Ecclesiastes, uh, to this thing about, you know, there is a time to kill, there's a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. Uh, this works in a lot the same way. There, there's a time uh, when we are to, to heal. There's a time for healing. Uh, and the example of that was shown uh, in the uh, New Testament when there was a time that the angel would come and uh, would would quicken the waters of of this uh, great bath place that people would get into and if they would get in there at the time of the angel they would be healed no matter what their disease was that was a, a you know an example to show people that there can be a time for healing sometimes there has to be a preparation in the person's mind who is sick uh, sometimes when they're very sick there's only so far they can go with that preparation and other people have to stand in proxy for them and, and and have to you know do the things that are made provisions uh, in the word of god okay <clears throat> so there's a time to 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 heal and 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 uh, you know um I, I think that a lot of times that that healing comes out of mercy and out of compassion and out of caring, and out of loving. And if you don't feel those attributes and those virtues, if you don't feel compassion for someone that is sick, you don't feel love for that person that is sick, if you don't feel the reaching out of God's mercy to touch that person, so that you, in a sense, by the Spirit, feel their infirmities and their hurts, then you shouldn't be 
really even praying for that person for them to be healed because all that you will end up doing likely is exercising a futile situation in which there will be no positive result. I'm not saying that in every time that there is not a positive result to prayer that that is the reason because sometimes uh, prayers are accumulative and there is scripture to show that. You transaccumulation is one of the teachings of the manifest uh, you know, word and, and, and that is given different Bible examples examples of how that you know things accumulate uh, by an adding up of the word an adding up of the prayers an adding up of one's love and, and then eventually at some point bam it just hits and the miracle occurs so so uh, we, we can't just make judgment because we don't know those things so it is it's important that you're aware of them but at the same time, you can't make a judgment. You can't judge someone and say, well, I think that they this or they that, because it could be other circumstances. But I'm just saying this would be helpful to you, that if, if someone is needing prayer and you are so tired that you can't hardly think, you're better not to pray for them. If someone is needing prayer and you just can't, you feel numb, you have no compassion for them, you have no feeling of love, no feeling of endearment, uh, no feeling of mercy, uh, back off and go, go get refreshed and ask God to deal with you that are you missing out, that are you missing out on the will of God? Or, or is God saying, uh, you are not the one that I've chosen to lay your hands upon this person? Because the Bible does say, lay your hands suddenly upon no person. So we have to be careful who we lay hands on, and yet at the same time, we must always be willing and wanting to lay hands on. And this, believe it, believe me, all has to do with the time and the season and the purpose because there's a time for everything. And don't just think that that time is any old time that you feel like you want to, to initiate it, because that's not the case. And many, 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 many a time, it has been so sad for me to see in church services and in articles that are written, how that people just have a knack to move out of the Spirit of God. And their timing to say what they say or suggest what they suggest is just absolutely out of content, out of the moving of the Spirit as to the time and the reason and and the purpose that God is particularly moving in that that instant and and they just miss it they just miss the boat by miles so uh i think that god's people need to hold one another up so that that they can come into this understanding okay so there's a time uh to break down and a time to build up uh sometimes uh, a person might build something and it's of your own hands and it's your own idea and it might even be like a revelation you might you might say well you know it's sort of a spiritual thing and and that could be true but there reaches a, it comes a time when you move beyond that revelation you move move beyond uh that level of degree that you were at at the time you built it and then you need to take that down and you need to build the new revelation and, and and because it's displacement, you know, you don't you don't build one on top of the other. Uh, uh, it, it's not that that uh, that one is alien to the other. It's just that displacement is part of the positive and negative negative circuitry uh, that makes electricity flow. That's all part of electromagnetic energy.
Praise God. Okay. Wow. I got so much to cover. I've really got to move on here. Um, so there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. Um, I know it is possible to sort of be laughing and crying at the same time. But the one thing about that <clears throat> is it is sometimes grossly misunderstood. The message is not clear. The Bible says that if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who will prepare themselves for battle? I think that, you know, when we're weeping, uh, you know, unless we're, something is happening between us and God, and, and we're, we're, we're just, we're just so full of joy that it's, it's tearful. And, and that is a meeting that we've got with God. And God who knows all things will totally understand that. But, but to try to make too much of a show too often, of that out in public, uh, a lot of times will just be misunderstood. And it will not do the good that you may be hoping that it will do. And so we have to be wise in all these things. And wisdom has to be profound as part of our, our link to time and part of our link of knowing when it is the time of the season, when it is the time of the purpose. Okay, so then it goes on. Uh, you, you break it down, and it's the time to build it up. Well, obviously, it's not the time to build it up until you, until first you operate in the time to break it down. So you break it down, then you build it up. And that's what's got to be remembered. And I think just a lot of times people, you know, they've held on to old doctrinal ideas. And they've come uh, and listened on this radio broadcast and to the blogs. And, and, and they've come into this new revelation. Uh, but they've tried to somehow fit uh, into, you know, some of their uh, ideas that they've heard taught that, frankly, never were correct, never were the Word of God, and they're just misaligned. And, th and there's people who have been teaching these things for hundreds of years, and they've been misaligned all that time. And the Bible says, you know, that, that veil is still over them. They, they do not see through that veil. There, there's still a, a, a dark, uh, uh, glassy situation there. And so, being that the Bible is so evident in teaching those things, then we must come to the knowledge of the truth so that we don't just keep repeating over and over and over the same mistakes. All right, so let's go on. Okay, so there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is a time to laugh, and laugh, laughter is such an important thing. It, it, it is so important uh, for, for people to, to laugh because I think it's one of the healthiest things that you can do. You know, can you laugh in church? Well, I don't have a problem with it if, 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 uh, other people don't, if you, the joy of the Lord has come on you and you want to laugh. But, you know, if you're into some kind of a classic situation where they're worshiping in a, uh, very different kind of way, uh, then probably she, you know, as long as you're going to be there and be under the, the, um, uh, management uh, of, um, of the ecclesiastical uh, that is over that situation, uh, then you should honor that. And you should not go in there and be disruptive and try to prove to them you've got something they don't. Uh, there's other places you can go. You can go to your home or, or you can go out in the field or you can find another place to worship. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to quit that other church, but for those times that you need to express yourself in the laugh. And, and uh, maybe this other place doesn't want to hear it. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to give it up. Uh, because, you know, uh, God, uh, the Bible says, uh, uh, you know, in, in the book of Colossians, the fourth chapter, it says, um, wherewith 
praying also for us that God would open unto our unto us a door of utterance. God will open to you a door of utterance for those uh, moving uh, of the gifts and, and for those operations that God has wanted to take you higher uh, and take you through the gates uh, like this last block that I did called called the, the the truth gate God wants to take you through that truth gate and he wants to open the doors of utterance uh, <clears throat> so that you can speak the mystery of Christ as it says it in the Colossians 4 verse 3 uh, <clears throat> excuse me uh, and so there are some absolutely uh, beautiful things uh, we're talking about time verse 5 says that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak there's ways and methods and means how we should speak we, our, our, our words our, our utterances need to be full of the kind of words that manifest people and that touch people because they feel connected to something from our innermost being from the spirit and if people aren't being connected to that when they, when you speak, well, it's because you've got some more work to do. You've got to break down some more of those uh, systems uh, that that you know that you still have uh, enshrined there in you, and you've got to make a room for this new building to be put up. And that's what the message is. And so it says in verse 5, chapter 4 of Colossians, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in the wisdom toward them that are without. When you walk toward people that are without, that don't have the same thing you you do, you can't just go over there and spill a deep revelation on them. Uh, all you will do is most likely, in most cases, is chase them away from what you are, are, are wanting them to know. You'll scare them because they have not been able to prepare. There is a time and a, and a season for everything. For everything, even the, the most beautiful revelation and, and manifest word, there's a time and there's a season and, and there's a method. And so it says here, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. And oh, there is a, a subject we could really get into, <clears throat> redeeming the time. That's another one of these uh, things about time. But uh, for now, let's, let's go on because I see that... Uh, you know, I haven't hardly gotten started here, and I've got, I've got just incredible amount of notes here that are some beautiful things that I want to share with you. Um, I tell you what, I think I'll stop right there in Ecclesiastes and not go any further. Uh, you know, but in verse eleven, I, I, I would read that again uh, from times before that I've read it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Uh, if we can get into the right time zone, we can get into a time zone that there are just beautiful things. Because uh, the Bible makes it clear to us that that he will restore to us the years the kangaroo the caterpillar have eaten. So in that, that promise of restoration, uh, the fact that that he has declared that that uh, that there was a time that everything was beautiful in its time. You know, and and uh, and of course, I know a person could, could interpret that just a little bit differently. They could interpret that as sequential, that that there is a time of beauty, and then maybe something else happens, and another time of beauty happens. But anyway, 
those be- those times of beauty beauty can all collectively be gathered and a person can you know uh just just walk in that and and dance in that and sing in that and and say oh i want to see him to look upon his face you know to just be able to live there in the presence of those beautiful things the, uh, of of God of the Lord, praise praise the name of Jesus. All right, now I got to keep moving on, <clears throat> but there's all kinds of things about time. You know, there's uh, profound time, some of which we've mentioned, and then there is suspended time, uh, like when you think in terms of of Joshua when he prayed and uh, and and uh, he asked the sun and the moon just to to hold and not not go down. Now. I know that um, scientifically and physically that if a person tried to um, to claim that uh, that that they would say, well, no, that's just absolutely false. Uh, there is no possible way that that could have happened uh, because if that happened, you know, the ocean would have uh, would have uh, uh, flooded over the whole earth. Uh, it would have had profound effects. Uh, it would have had to stop the earth from spinning. Uh, that would have just uh, caused uh, such devastation that it'd be beyond belief. Uh, but it didn't have to happen like that. It could have happened in a different kind of way, uh, a kind of way in which uh, there was a a, a phantom of, of this uh, whole uh, thing done so that there was a a kind of provision uh, that was made as a virtual reality. And this virtual reality uh, would be of the nature that by this virtual reality and and proxy that that the effect of the sun and the effect of the moon, uh, the moon not going down, the sun holding uh, its position would be that light would be uh, would, would be extended, and so the effect could happen without actually affecting uh, the, the differentiation of the positions of those two heavenly bodies. Now, someone says, "I don't think that's possible." Well. Uh, it is, and and we'll uh, get into a few things like that uh, here in a little bit. Uh, we just got to keep moving, you know. And so there is um, suspended time, time when uh, you can you you can uh, expect and ask of God, uh, Lord, can this can this life be extended? Can can this situation be extended? Can it just be suspended as it is uh, until we have a greater opportunity to fulfill or to finish something that needs to be done? And and, and while uh, that d- doesn't mean that you would suddenly stop aging, uh, what it could mean, though, is that the effect would be of the nature that even though you were still aging, uh, you would have the effect of the youthfulness uh, of uh, having not aged and 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 having not lost your strength and not lost your uh, capability of of uh, mental uh, determination and mental acuity, and so those things are all possible, and we'll get into more of that. Uh, let's um, let's look at. Uh, the scripture in uh, Leviticus. Uh, if you'd like to turn with me to uh, Leviticus uh, 26. Let's go back into your Old uh, Testament uh, Bible to Leviticus 36, tw- uh, 26 rather. I want to uh, share with you just a fast uh, little 
uh, verse there that is interesting. <clears throat> when we start talking about time, uh, let's look at this, verse 26. And um, in verse uh, 17 of, of, of chapter 26 of Leviticus, on the Old Testament, and I will set my face against you, this is God speaking, and you shall be slain before your enemies, and they shall hate you, uh, and they that hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when none pursueth you. I think that fear uh, is is a disease. I I think that uh, that it is a it is a a evidence and a proof that people are lacking perfect love, because the Bible says perfect love will cast out all fear. And I think that this thing of fear is of such a consequences that that today there are torrents of people that are living in the fear of the end of the world. Uh, even in the fear of the coming of Christ, because there are those that feel they are not ready. Uh, people that are living uh, in the fear of the Mayan uh, calendar uh, prophecies, which say that uh, December 21st, 2012, uh, that, uh, you know, Things are going to close down on this planet. There's going to be an apocalypse. And I know there's some some variations of the time, uh, depending on how you count the cal calendar and all of that. But the the idea of it, uh, the pronunciation of it, is still there, uh, uh, regardless of there being maybe a variance of some time. <coughs> and there's people in, living in fear. And there's all kinds of people going out here preparing and, you know, digging in. Uh, and, and, and you know what I say to those people? Hey, if that make, makes you secure, if you feel like, you know, getting a bunch of things together and, and going, digging down, getting under the earth and, and preparing yourself, all the more power to you. Go do it and hopefully use your time to seek God and read the Word of God. Uh, I'm not going to condemn you. If you have that that feeling and that fear, but the Bible does say that there's that is it is a common thing for people to flee uh, when there's no one actually even pursuing them. They they flee when there's no one after them, and I think that this prophecy will be that kind of a case. Now, it says in verse eighteen, and if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. In verse 21, it repeats that again. If you if you walk contrary unto me <coughs> and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. Again, in verse 24, <coughs> Then will I also walk contrary unto you and will punish you seven times for your sins. Now, that's an important revelation. Excuse me a minute. <coughs> okay. <coughs> I'm ta talking so fast, <coughs> I'm causing my windpipe to get itchy. <coughs> okay. So, now that is very interesting because when we make claims <coughs> that there is a capability of something that is seven times. We talk about, you know, regeneration. 
people, some people having, because they have the time and a chance promised <coughs> that they have this opportunity, an opportunity of a time and a chance, uh, you know, seven times. And uh, uh, there's a meaning to all that. But it's always been this way that if there is something of that nature that is an extreme potential on the good side, then feel sure that there is the opposite of that, which is the negative on the bad side. And here you have that case. <clears throat> now, Paul was very much into abstract, and, and he would use abstract uh, if, for instance, there was an absence of the Bible saying certain things. Then he would say, where else is it, is it written? You know, it's not written anywhere that this certain thing is the case. So therefore, because that is not the case, because it is not pronounced, then here is what the case is. And he did a lot of that in his teaching, using, uh, you know, those things in a profound abstract way, uh, an abstract point to prove the literal point. And, and and that is a thing you can do. So when you look and you see something here in the negative, which is, is on the one side, you can know that very the very fact that that is there and that because every positive has a negative, every negative has a positive, that, that if you find the negative, then you know that there is a positive on the opposite side. If you find the positive, you know there is a negative on the opposite side. And that is just part of the mystery of the time, part of the mystery that is in the Word of God. Okay, so <clears throat> uh, those those are are you know very very powerful, very incredibly uh, interesting things. Um, I I I didn't read you everything in that section, uh, but you know some of this is going to just have to be gone back over later because. There's some things I don't want to miss getting out to you tonight, and so we, you know, we we do uh, <clears throat> need to understand that scripture. Seven times more for your sins, uh, you know, that you don't just get to sin uh, one time for the sin that you did, but there's seven times you're going to have to pay for that, be because the nature of that sin uh, was um, treading in the uh, abomination area. And because of that, then the penalty of it is seven times, not one time. And uh, <clears throat> by the same token, there are areas that we can tread in God that extend us into seven times in the good area of blessings. So those are all beautiful things, and to know it is, is life-suspending and absolutely important. Now, a while back, if you, those of you that would remember and that went on the trip, we took people on a trip. Uh, we took them um, uh, in a special way by using, um, you know, um, the the um, Gentile, and <clears throat> by putting people into a state of suspension. And in this state of suspension. Um, we we um, we explain to them now your your body is not going to go on this trip, but your spirit uh, is going to be made a double of, and there's we're, we're going to make uh, like a phantom a phantom of your spirit, and your spirit phantom is going to go on this trip, and it's going to have a parallel connection 
<clears throat> a link to your spirit. Sort of like the scripture in the Old Testament, or pardon me, in the New Testament, in which Paul says, you know, uh, although he was in house arrest at the time and he couldn't leave his home, that he nevertheless journeyed into the the church and he he saw the people and he uh, could hear them worshiping God and he could see their order of how they were worshiping God. Uh, uh, you know, your body can only leave the spirit for a short period of time, or and and you know because the 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 body without the spirit dies but it can it can live without the spirit for a very short period of time and in that very short period of time the spirit can do quite a few things but if if it's going to be a, a more extended nature then it has to get into this this uh, uh, parallel in which the phantom is involved well uh i, I just uh you know, accidentally came across this. It was something that I already understood, but but I didn't have uh, anything down uh, from the scientific manual as extensive as this, and and it certainly is a verification of this thing on the phantom that we were doing when we were taking people to Artura and 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 uh, to the black hole area and all those kind of things. It was uh, really uh, a flashpoint of experience with a lot of the people, <clears throat> and I've had other people say to me. I read about this in the blogs. Is there any way I, you know, I could go on this trip? And I said, well, you know, sometime again, we'll be doing another one of those. And, you know, yes, you probably get an opportunity. <clears throat> okay. All right. Now, <clears throat> they, have, they have known for years and years and years that electromagnetic energy, uh, uh, you know, that it propagates uh, a certain kind of wave. Uh, for instance, the phantom leaf. I preached on this so 20, 30 more years, maybe 40 years ago, <clears throat> in which they could cut a section out of the leaf and they put that under intense certain kind of light and you can still see the outline of the fiber as though it was still there. Like, like, like the, the, the plant has a memory, the leaf has a memory, and it retains an energy uh, there uh, in place of the section that is cut off, uh, making it as though it were a full leaf. Uh, the same type of thing happens when people who have had their leg cut off, uh, you know, re feel that they have received a phantom leg, and they, they can feel their leg, you know, but it's not really there. Uh, but it's a phantom. It's, it's an energy, uh, vibrational energy that propagates. <clears throat> so uh, that that is all very, very, uh, you know, uh, interesting to me. But, uh, you know, not that far back here, they have discovered a, a new thing uh, that is still developing uh, right now called DNA phantom, uh, uh, you know, that has to do with a, a wave base over the genome. So that so that uh, this they found this to be definitely distinct and definitely different uh, from electromagnetic phantom, and that this phantom energy, which which radiates from the DNA, so that you know it 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 uh, uh, it, it vibrates the uh, the uh, the person of the genome of that DNA. 
and and that they have they have been able to record you know this this actual uh, energy uh as being a real substance and having a real presence um when you begin to see how that uh, science is advancing in those areas and how that uh when you get come further to where we are where we're dealing with uh with this phantom uh energy that comes up from the solar plexus and uh and connects to the mind and then allows this phantom of the person uh you know to go and make these um these uh, transitions and photo transitions so that their energy uh can can uh, be uh traveled can travel anywhere uh, in the universe uh it is an incredible and beautiful thing and believe me there is there's scripture for it and it's beautiful so <clears throat> i just wanted to read that because it so fulfills uh you know that that experience that that we were talking about uh <clears throat> now um let's uh let's uh, move uh I have so much to cover here let's move over to the book of uh, Joshua uh, chapter 6 and and believe me this story alone if i was really to do the teaching on it and i'll probably have to go back and do more it would it would take me you know the whole whole teaching but let's just go let's just go through it this is the story of when Joshua and his his army, his priests, were were getting ready to come against uh, Jericho, and uh, they were given instructions from God, and Moses was given instructions, and uh, in the uh, uh, the sixth chapter and sixth verse, and Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. So sometimes um, under certain circumstances when people have aligned themselves a certain way, then instead of the Ark of the, of the Covenant going before the people, in this case, uh, it was the op opposite. The Ark of the Covenant always came at the rear and in front of the ark of the covenant were the were were the were the priest with with the seven lamb ram horns okay and um and then in front of them there was a group of soldiers that were all armed and uh and so they they would march each day uh the uh the priest would continuously blow the the ram horns all the time that they are marching, this whole time around this city. And then they would stop. <clears throat> and they did that six days. The same, the same uh, thing. Now, it was very interesting, uh, some of the information. Uh, it says in verse 9, And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets. And uh, here... Uh, uh, hereward uh, came after the ark, uh, uh, or the re-reward uh, came after the ark, the, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall you shout." I think this is one of the, the deep, important places that the people of God need to get. 
they need to get to the place where uh, they understand that they have to control what is coming out of their mouth. They have to control uh, this situation because there are so many people that do not take time to think or do not take time to pray before they think or pray before they act. And and they are just, uh, as the slightest thought of any kind comes into their mouth, they speak it. And God is dealing now with people just like he did back then. And they had to go on a fast of the mouth. And, and they were told, don't shout, don't speak, don't say any word whatsoever, don't let anything proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall you shout. So these people were all in a fast of the word. They were not to talk to anybody. They were not to make any sounds. And, and uh, so they continued going around, uh, you know, the, the seven times, the, the, the trumpets blowing all those times. Finally, they came to the day when they had completed all six days. Nobody could speak. Nobody could utter a sound. Nobody could shout. And it came to pass on the seventh day, verse 15, early about the dawning of the day, and and uh, uh, and the com and the compassed early I see that they rose and early about the dawning of the day they compassed the city after the same manner seven times so this last time they had to, they added a seven and they went seven times so you got seven trumpets you got seven days that they go around the one time but on the seventh day they make it seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the pre, uh, priests were blowing the trumpets, which they were doing every time they went around, that Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord. And only Rahab the harlot shall live, and she and all her uh, uh, house because she hid the messengers that we sent. Now, there is so much here, but there comes that moment of discerning, that moment of discerning when before the first pebble has crumbled to the ground, before the first stone has loosened and jarred uh, off of its mount into the ground, that there comes a knowing as a person has uh, very carefully followed the word of God that they are advised you've already won the victory. You already have accomplished destroying the city. It's already done. Even though you can't see it with your eyes, even though you can't feel that it has happened. And oh, is this ever a different kind of treatment of time? Is this, this ever a different kind of accounting? To already know something before it actually happens. To already account it as though, though it's a victory. And he says, uh, now you've got a reason to shout. Now you've got a reason to talk. Now you've got a reason to open up your mouth. But they said, one point that we want to make. There's this harlot. And out of the city, she was the only one that the messengers we sent as spies to check out the city that she saved them alive by hiding them and slipping them out like over the wall and, and be able to escape. And they were. she was promised that when the city was invaded that her, that her life and her family's life and her things would be spared. So he said, you're to keep your word with that. 
And someone would probably say, well, what are you talking about? We're killing all these these innocent children and we're killing all these other people that are probably just good citizens of the of the country of the city that live there you're going to save this harlot this prostitute you're going to save her alive just because she you know so used to taking anybody in and she took these messengers in and and then she saw a chance to take advantage of of, of possibly saving her life you're going to allow her to live yeah that's the way it worked she was allowed to live because i'm going to tell you something we don't know the circumstances why she had to be a harlot that may be the only way she could live and even feed her family we don't know the circumstances we can't judge that woman all that we can say is that God must have looked at it a different way and he allowed her to be to live and they brought her and allowed her to live in Israel and her family and to stay alive. So we must not judge people on uh, conduct that we think that someone has done, on sins that, that we think someone has lived in the past. We do not know the circumstances. We cannot judge, and that's why the Bible emphatically, and Jesus emphatically said, Thou shalt not judge. Now you talk about time. You talk about the mystery of the time. You want to get into the, into the, the, the right ropes, uh, in, into the right leadings, and you want to really understand the mystery of the time. You have to understand it by not judging, and by sometimes being able to control your mouth, not being too fast to make a statement negative, not being too fast, uh, to, to make some kind of a uh, of a decision in your mind uh, when you really haven't heard from the word of god when the holy spirit hasn't really verified that now is the time to shout so there's another thing and, and maybe some of you wouldn't care for this part of it but in the 19th verse it says now all the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron are concentrated unto the lord they shall come to the treasure of god but anything else that you see is accursed if you touch it or keep it. Everything else is to be destroyed except the things that come into the church of God. Well, uh, that would be a tough one on a lot of people. And, uh, and, and it so happened, and it describes it in the seventh uh, chapter, that when Israel uh, went against this uh, uh, little uh, city, that uh, they were chased uh, by those people because uh, they were they were uh, uh, you know they were they were losing lives uh, when they came against this city, and uh, so they said something's wrong, and then come to find out that someone uh, had uh, taken of the accursed things, and well it it turns out that uh, there there was a fellow by the name of Acor, and uh, he finally confessed uh, in, in uh, verse uh, chapter 7 verse 121 I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels of weight then I coveted them and I took them and behold they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it of course the midst of his tent was in the midst of Israel and that brought you know uh, a discredit to the people of Israel and caused them to lose their lives. But it's interesting that it was a Babylonish, you see, very interesting how that God does not want to mix up the things that belong to the forces dark to the things that belong to the children of light. 
So though that is so very important. And it's so very important, important to understand how that there are rules that have to be followed and how that these victories came and, and, uh, and how that, that, uh, there was really severe things in how people were treated back in those days, uh, that, that they would have to pay for their life because of the strictness of some of those laws. Thank God for Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ, who's taken God's people out of those severe uh, ways of, of living. Uh, so I can see in that whole story there, uh, you know, the, the mystery of the time, how that, how that <clears throat> there, there is an order. Uh, you can't just say, hey, I don't want to mess with all this. Why do we have to go around seven times? Well, why do we have to have, the, have these priests out here blowing these horns? Isn't God able to do all things? Isn't all things possible with God? Why can't we just go out there and say, Takabuba, and the walls fall down? Let's just all do that. Let's all go out there and stand and say, Takabuba, and the walls should all just come falling down. So they go out there and say, say Takabuba, and just then arrows and spears start flying, and, and somehow the, those uh, people behind the, up on the, the, the top parts of the, uh, of the wall are able to make a perfect markmanship, and they kill all those people out there and say, Takabuba, because actually uh, what, the, what they were saying that they thought was some kind of a magic word was actually saying, kill me, and that's what happened. They got killed. Uh, just throwing that in for the extra uh, for you tonight. Okay, so we we, we know that um, in Exodus 23.15, it talks about in the appointed time. So there is redeeming the time, there is an appointed time, and then there is an accounted time. Uh, and then, you know, there's the time that we are a child. There's the time of our youth and the time of old age. You know, and, and then the Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. So there are things that people should not expect of their little children. Children need a time to play, to laugh, and to be kids. And, and I think sometimes it's a mistake when people try to put too much on their children and try to make so, some uh, incredible uh, prodigy out of them when, when, you know, they need their time to be able to laugh and to play and, and to be a kid. I, I think I think that it's, you know, it's okay to teach them, you know, a lot of things, but I think don't rob them of, of their time to be a child. Because there's a time of being a child. And, and, you know, then there's a time to put away those childish things. But it's, there's a time for it. And you don't put them away until the time. You know, the day is coming that all these time of things will change. The Bible talks about in, in Isaiah a time in which uh, that when a, a person is 100 years old, they will still be considered a child. And that would be because there will be so many hundreds and hundreds of years that people are living that 100 year old, you know, that those people will just be so youthful, so vigor, invigorated with life, so uh, young of life, that at a hundred years old they'll still be considered a child so we see how that that time is relative uh there's the relativity of time but you know uh, what happens at one angle to a person uh, happens differently at another angle and those angles can be vectors of time and, and so uh we must understand when we're looking at these different magnitudes of, of happenings that that they have relevance uh, according uh to the relativity of the angle and, and and so there is a time uh, of a child, and there is a time of the youth, and there's a time of the old age. 
you know and uh, and and in ecclesiastes uh, chapter 110 it says it has already been of old time uh there is something about uh things that have already been uh that that if we can ever come into the nourishment of those uh types of wisdom and knowledge uh how we will be accelerated in whatever level of age that a person is in because you will be able to add those things to you and enrich your life with them so important so important um Matthew eight twenty nine, when Jesus came to, to uh, uh, this certain person that had been nearly insane acting and very dangerous, uh, the devils uh, spoke out of him and they said, uh, you know, what are you doing? Why have you come? Why, why are you bothering us before our time? These demons, these devils, they, they recognized the, the, the message of the time, time and a half time. They recognized the, the time that, uh, they are supposed to, uh, to, to have, uh, for fulfilling, uh, you know, there's, there, there's seven times seven, their times, time and a half times and all those things. They know that those, those, uh, laws and those understandings. And, and, uh, and so did these demons in that time. Why, why are we having to, you know, be tortured before our time? Uh, is, you know, they made, they made your point. They didn't win, but they made your point. Paul understood that thing about, you know, the, 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 the before the time. He talked about himself as being one who was born out of due season. He understood, you know, this thing about there's a time, there's a season of everything. But, but, you know, uh, <clears throat> disciples came to learn that lesson too when Jesus came to this fig tree and and there was no figs on it even though it was not the season for there to be figs on it yet because of a destiny it was supposed to to be acting out of season and supposed to have provided uh, um, figs uh, so that when the disciples of Jesus came that they would be there for him to take so those things are just absolutely beautiful and important when you understand the mystery of the time, how that the time can be relevant, uh, and that it can it can have changes to it, and and that relevance uh, uh, can 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 be very very uh, applicable uh, in different circumstances uh, depending on what it is relative to and when it is relative. So. The Bible tells us that uh, that God is going to shorten the time, that except those days would be shortened, no flesh would be saved. So we see that there is this factor in which time can be altered. Uh, the Bible says that uh, God will restore the years. The, the canker and the caterpillar have eaten. There is that uh, scenario in which time can be restored. Uh, there is the scenario about, uh, you know, uh, never looking back. Uh, the scenario about forgetting those things which are uh, behind, which are past, and, and pressing forward to the mark of the high calling. There are those uh, teachings that uh, you know, call those things that are not as though they were. All these things are relative in this whole scenario about time. They, they, they all are a factor. And, 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 you know, we also understand out of the book of Revelations that there will come, uh, that instance in which the, the, the voice will say, time shall be no more. And we understand that time will cease to be. So then you say, well, gee, what is time? You know, if time ceases to be, what exactly does that mean? And, and, you know, uh, we, 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 
need to understand these things. I'm, I'm going to get into uh, all of these things that I'm bringing up today and many, many other deeper things as we go through this uh, series of teachings on the mystery of the time. And it is going to get deep, and you are going to like it. You know, We're going to open those bubbles out of time, and we're going to see what they're made out of. And um, we're going to deal with people uh, who are living in a mentality of denying uh, the times and and uh, and how that there is the differentiation of time how it's affected whether you're dealing locally uh, or globally in different uh, locations or in universal time uh, these are are off very very important and there's all kinds of things happening that have to do with time uh in mathematical sense like you know uh the recent uh double loop networks that are a double kind of abstract uh that they are equivalent uh you know uh in, in a very discrete type of math uh, that is that is new to the thinking. In fact, in the abstract mathematics, uh, uh, it, it is interesting that it is entering into uh, what is being considered a positive philosophy of mathematics and is extending the principles of the basic founding ideologies and and uh, and conceptions uh, that were once the concrete mathematics of the world. So now, as we come to see these things, we are able to be exposed in this uh, new uh, happening of, of, of the aspect of time and application that even geometrical and mechanicized uh, uh, or mecha mechanical maths uh, that uh, were considered irreductible, that they cannot be added to or changed, uh, that there, there uh, has been a thought um, in the past uh, that that was into that irreductibility but more and more uh, along with what has happened earlier with calculus uh, there is entering uses of extended logic and this all has to do with the changes of of things and time that are happening okay I've still got a few minutes if you want to turn with me to the ninth chapter of Daniel I'll buzz through this, and we'll go into it in more detail, uh, you know, next week. But right now, I want to throw this at you because it's very, very interesting. Chapter, uh, <clears throat> chapter nine. Okay. Now, um, before we 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 read this, uh, you know, in Matthew sixteen three, Jesus talked about being able to discern uh, the signs of the time. Uh, another uh, thing that Jesus talked about, which was, uh, you know, uh, very, very interesting, was Matthew eighteen twenty two, When uh, they came to him, they said, how many times should we sh uh, forgive someone that we feel has done something wrong or against us? Seven times? He says, no, seven times 70. Seven times 70. Now, we want to connect that seven times 70 uh, to chapter 9 of Daniel. And uh, let's just read in verse 21. While I was speaking in prayer, even with the man Gabriel. Now, understand that Gabriel's an archangel, but can take on bodies that have uh, human characteristics. 
whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come to give thee skill and understanding. Even Daniel, who was reputed to be one of the wise men of the Babylonians uh, that had come out of uh, out of the people of Israel, and, and that surpassed uh, the um, the knowledge of the magicians of the Babylonians, yet when it really came to knowing uh, knowledge on the level of angels and archangels, uh, he just absolutely was, uh, you know, still in. Uh, lack of that knowledge and did not have the skill and did not have the understanding. So this Daniel comes, he says, I'm going to give you the skill, I'm going to train you, and I'm going to give you the understanding. So we have to appreciate in this respect of, of honoring time and the timetables and the time zones <coughs> that there is a process. And this process means that we have to move from from point to point, from revelation to revelation, and we have to give it time. And some people, you know, it may take uh, a lot of time, but please keep this in mind, that that you cannot judge yourself, uh, you know, in, in this great uh, process of escape from yourself. You cannot judge yourself that you have done that well, that you've really made the escape, or that you've really made the advance, because the kingdom of God comes without observation. So you may be really growing in the spirit, and your spirit may be flourishing, but you cannot see it, and you cannot really even totally sense it, uh, but there will be a day that you will be able to do both. Uh, but in the meanwhile, you just have to trust that, that because you are on the right path of this life, Light, that the, you, there is a growing and there is an extending that is happening to your to your spirit being, and and, and once you begin to see that, uh, it'll be beautiful. All right, uh, let's go on. Uh, let's go down to uh, verse twenty-four. Uh, we're in chapter nine of Daniel. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgressions and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Now that is a mouthful. And and, and I, I've heard preachers and people try to change that and make it to something that it's not. But it is what it is. And it is giving a conclusion there that, uh, that incorporated within this revelation. There is a, a power to finish something, to bring it to an end. And, and, uh, and the, what's going to bring it to an end is these 70 weeks. Well, one of the things that we learn in the revelation of, of, um, uh, of, of Gabriel is that you can't count days as being days. You can't count weeks as being weeks. But when we begin to understand that these 70 weeks are equivalent uh, to to the 70 years in the book of of uh, Psalms, the 90th chapter, in which it says a generation will be, uh, you know, 70 to 80 years. The, and then in the chapter of, of Psalms 105, where it says that, that we are going to be given a thousand generations. So if you take a thousand times 70, you've got 70,000 years. If you take a thousand times 80, you've got 80,000 years. When you take these 70 weeks, you combine those with the time that Jesus said, forgive them, you know, uh, seven, uh, you know, seven times seventy, it all comes back to this times, time and a half times of this 
this thousand year covenant uh, of of the 70 or 80,000 years and that's what this is all about and I want to explain that in more detail and and uh, be able to take maybe a little more time in talking and delivering the message uh, when I start getting into those deeper things but those are some of the exciting possibilities uh, of you coming into a new relevance of time, of being able to have the uh, the potential uh, to redeem the time, to be able to come into the accounting of God, so that you know. Uh, Time is shortened in some cases. Time is suspended in other cases. Time is is uh, redeemed in other cases. Time is eradicated in other cases. Uh, all depending on what the angle of the revelation of the time is. May God just so bless you with this message. May he have opened your heart, your mind, your spirit to hear it. Tonight, I'm going to now move into the Gentile session. Uh, I... I hope there was a lot of you uh, people. I did have several people contact me to tell me that it was very relevant, uh, the experience um, of uh, dealing with the hormones, uh, you know, in the female aspect of it. Tonight, I want to deal with the hormones in the male aspect of it, as I had promised. And I, I think it would be very appropriate. I do want to say this before I get into this, into this Gentile uh, part of it. Uh, you know, when you people are so slow, some of you to get onto the um, onto the blogs, and and you know you just sort of get onto it whenever you're moved, I guess. But but here's how it is with me: uh, when I go to the blog and I look, and there's five people or ten people, uh, I just say, oh well, just leave that there because uh, you know uh, there's a lot of people out there that hasn't seen it. So the slower people are getting their names on those blogs and acknowledging that they have read it and making a comment, then the longer uh, it will be before I will do another blog because I use that as, as a steering mechanism that people just have not you know, as as a as a group, really come around to seeing it, and so uh, people say, you know, I'd like more of this word, and I'd like to have it ha faster. Uh, well, people need to be faithful in in their coming on and making comments, because I look at that and I say, well. Uh, you know, there's only been 10 people or 12 people. Uh, I'm just leave leave what's on there uh, on before I go into anything else. And like this last blog, I finally decided after there was 19 on it to do this new blog. But normally, I like to be at least 20 people get on there before I go to a new blog. So I'm just giving that to you. If you want to get more word faster, that's how you do it. Okay, here we go. Now we're dealing with the people, uh, the men. Uh, some of these people uh, that I'll be referring to here uh, are impotent. Uh, they, they've they've got blockage. Sometimes that blockage is more uh, than just a sexual dysfunction, but it has to do with problems that uh, can be attached to other medical uh, difficulties that uh, uh, can be in their bodies, which would have to do with uh, everything from uh, you know uh, uh, heart problems or or other kinds of problems that are inhibiting them. So uh, I want to, when I do this, uh, Gentile tonight, uh, clear the air uh, so that in the doing of this, that those people that may have uh, problems of the, of, the, of the males that I'm uh, loosening this uh, 
upon that they will have that opportunity of restoration and healing in their body and then there's those that because of how they eat because of environment that they've been subjected to uh because of stress uh that that their hormone receptors are just uh, discolored and, and and they're they're out of shape and so we're going to want to reconstruct those tonight put in the right color in them and we want to loosen the hormones uh from the various uh, glands and, and and have this that substance begin to flow down into the body and into the uh, masculine areas of the body uh, uh that have to do uh you know uh, w- with the uh, the private uh, parts of the body uh, that need to function as well as any of the other parts of the body. Here we go. <clears throat> hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary hypothalamus to thyroid, uh, to uh, the whole aspect of the body, to the corpus callosum. Uh, now uh, begin to visualize in your mind that I am putting uh, my two hands and eight fingers on top of your the middle of your head, which is on top of your corp- corpus callosum, which uh, uh, is um, connected uh, to your hemispheres. And I'm holding it there. I'm holding it there. I'm, I, I'm holding it there. And, and energy is building. So electromagnetic energy is building. It's building, it's building. And, 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 and some of you I can already begin to feel like my fingers are, are, are like sinking into your scalp. Uh, I, I've had times in which I just felt like, and people have said, I felt like your, your finger went right into my brain. Uh, it's an incredible uh, thing that can happen through this phantom electromagnetic virtual energy of God. And now I'm just continuing to send this electrodynamic, electrovibatic energy into your, your brain. It's continuing to flow, continuing to flow, beginning to move out into the, the various hemispheres of your brain and the frontal lobes and into the the rear aspect of your 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 brain the cerebral to the to, to the to, to the white core brain tissue in the spinal column it's beginning to move beginning to move and now i'm sending energy into the glands to begin to open some of these glands have have been closed for a long long time and this energy is beginning to open those glands beginning to open it right now and secretions are beginning to flow out of those glands down into your body you as it comes down from your brain and from your head down into your body flows across your chest you'll feel uh, some of you will feel like it's like rain others of you will feel like it is it's hot and you can feel various hot spots in your body as this energy is coming down through your body and the healing power is being unraveled through this uh, energy so that there is now beginning to take place a healing uh, to, to these uh, hormone, hormone factors that, that are uh, going out through these secretions. And, and as these secretions begin to touch the receptors, the receptors will, receptors will begin to have instant healing and will begin to respond. Uh, and, and their color that is uh, uh, designated will come back. And they will begin to, to shrink and transform and expand uh, whenever, uh, whichever way is necessary uh, to take on the key shape that they're supposed to have according to uh, their particular uh, receptor application 
the energy is continuing to flow. It's continuing to move into your body. Continuing. You feel it hotter now. You feel it. You feel it moving down totally into your your whole whole body, beginning to move into uh, your your testicles, beginning to move and open the the testosterone in the proper way, and other uh, other kinds of of hormones are being moved in proper sequences in you. And I'm just going to allow this to action to continue. And it may even continue through the night as you sleep. And, and, and you may even still feel it by the next morning. Uh, may God bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. We love you so much. God bless. <laughs>